Welcome to She Conversations with Andrea and Linda, two best friends. We get together to share our mindset, our growth, family life, challenges in our world, and the changes we experience as we evolve. We hope you enjoy. Hey, ladies, how are you? I'm great. We have a very special guest today. We're so excited, and we're going to have her introduce the beautiful lady, Tutu. We're going to have her introduce herself, and we're so excited to have her on She Conversations today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Tutu, and uh, sister in law to Andrea and uh, mom of uh, three boys and uh, married uh, nurse i'm not sure what else to say but yeah yeah it's good to be here (laughs) glad to have you you have a beautiful story and i've always admired your life story and more importantly how you go through it um and i want you to really share your part of your story because you have a huge we all have beautiful stories but you have a very unique story of being part of a statistics that you did not plan to be in by being a teen mom many years ago. Yeah. So now I want us to discuss <laughs> now that you're in your 30s, mm-hmm. I want us to look back together and see the difficulty, the fear, the mindset. I can only imagine because my daughter just turned 17. And you were 18 at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what really made me to start to think of myself at 17, 18. And then I thought about you and I was like, what is that like? Man. Tell um, me your story, how you see it hmm. now. That period, it was probably one of the most scariest things I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was pregnant, um, it, it just... It felt like the whole world just stopped and crashed. (laughs) Uh, My world at that moment, as I know it, I figured, hey, life is over. And you know, you're from a typical African home. It's like, you know, you're done. (laughs) I thought my parents were going to disown me. I had to come up with a new last name. Uh, Where where am I going to begin from? Um, Yeah, it, it, it was definitely a moment of... It was scary. Yeah. I don't know if, they, if, they, if there's another word to describe being scared. Um, lucky for me, I guess, I finished high school at that point. What was your mindset? Because I will tell you from where I was looking at you and then where you are, mm-hmm. um, you, were, you, were, you just graduated or were graduating at prom season and things right. like that. Um, take me back to just the beginning and the decisions you made, how it all happened at the time. Right. Um, so it was senior year, started off great. Um, typical senior where, you know, you go to your classes and then you have like your last two periods are free for you to do whatever. Um, even though I was one of those kids, I, I don't skip school. The last two periods, instead of going around and hanging around with friends, I actually go home. But um, I started seeing um, 
his dad at the time on and off. So it, it just, senior year was when things escalated quite quickly. Um, now thinking back, I wish I knew all the things that I know now, or, or at least even half of it, um, about being a woman, what you need to do, what conversation to have with people, the right questions to ask, um, even though I knew those things in a way, it was more of a fear of, oh, I can't talk about this. It's a taboo. You're not supposed to talk about your sexuality. You're not supposed to talk about um, anything outside. Even under you having your period, it's like a taboo type thing. You don't talk about it. You just deal with it <laughs> and you keep it moving. Um, so stuff like that, I just never had... Um, anyone that I thought I was comfortable enough to have that kind of conversation with um, as far as, Hey, what do you do if this is where you're feeling? Or what do you do if this is the position you find yourself in? Um, that conversation never happened with my mom or with my older sister or <laughs> with anyone. Cause typically most people, I don't think it's African alone. I think I've talked to many cultures that don't yeah. have discussion about um, with their daughters, about mm-hmm. what, or with their sons, for a matter of fact, for right. what you do when you find yourself in a position where you are hard and heavy. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to proceed, what, what precautions to take and what choices right. to make in the moment. So mm-hmm. I, 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 can, I can empathize with that. Now, fast forward, when you found out you were pregnant, that dark moment take me through that well where were you when you realized uh so i was home at the time um with my mom my mom and brabalaji we lived together at that time um so i was home i went to the store i went to i still remember that store (laughs) cbs i went in picked up a pregnancy test and had yeah. you had that conversation with your mom or you just, no. you decided to take the pregnancy test? I decided to having... take it, right. Okay. So before that even happened, um, when, you know, me and um, Bobby at the time, when we got together and things happened and we used a condom, but it broke. <laughs> so I ended up going to uh, the hospital to try and do, um, to get like the day after pill. Mm-hmm. But I went in, I want to say, um, maybe the second or third, early third day. So I have a feeling that that was too late. They did a pregnancy t- uh, test at the time. Of course, it was negative. Um, I took the pills, as they said I should, but no. Oh, my gosh. He, he was like, I'm coming, okay? <laughs> oh, so he was. So he was supportive, and he was with you, and he was, like, going to all these places. Right. With- at that moment, he was supportive. He, okay. he was with me with, uh, at that point. Like, oh, we both can't be in this position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did all that. But then, I, even though they, the doctor told me that more than likely I wasn't going to have my period, like the first month, the second month, not to expect a normal period. By the second month, I felt like, okay, something's not right. I didn't have the typical uh, pregnancy symptoms like the nausea, the vomiting. I was just up, go, whatever. But Antibamba made a comment that made me go, mm, girl, you better go get yourself checked. 
I uh, said that? Why? When? No, no, you didn't, that's not what you said. I was wearing my a pair of pants. You know how skinny I was back in the day. You were like 92 pounds. Yeah, and you looked at me, you were like, girl, your hips are growing. <laughs> oh my God, me and my big mouth. <laughs> and I just, I looked, I, I'm like, well... I have been kind of gaining weight. So you had a little secret. Exactly. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take pregnancy test, which I did. And um, of course it didn't even take like how many minutes it was supposed to take. The double lines showed of pregnant and um, man, that was hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I was shaking and just, I cried, um, man. And uh, I couldn't tell my mom. Mom was there, but mom noticed something was off. Moms, they know everything. Moms always do. <laughs> mm. she, she noticed something was off. Um, so she, we were watching the TV at the time. And um, I remember where I was sitting very, um, I, it's, it, it, it almost seems like it happened yesterday. Mm. And she looked at me, she said, what's wrong with you? You don't laugh the way you normally would laugh. I think we were watching TV together at the time. And I was just, she could tell I was uncomfortable. She mm. said, you're not your usual self. You're not laughing how you normally would laugh. You're not being jovial how you normally would um, be in the house. So I told her nothing. And I adjusted my shirt. She was paying attention to everything, but she didn't say anything. Um, so the next day, very early in the morning, um, like around 6 a.m. or so, God bless her, she probably didn't sleep. <laughs> mm. um, she woke up and then came to me and said, um, come here, we need to have a conversation. So we sat down together and she was just like, I'm just going to be straight up front with you and ask you this question and I need you to answer me truthfully. So I told her, she said, um, she said, are you pregnant? She just went ahead and went for it. Um, <laughs> my first instance was going to be like, no, I'm not pregnant. Um, but then I, I was like, how are you going to hide? You can't hide a pregnancy. How are you going to hide that? Uh, so I, I responded to her, the yes, I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. Um, Ooh. oh man <laughs> thinking about it now I just um, the sound of her voice when she cried I can't forget that it was I felt like I had just I mean, yes, as a child, you do things that disappoint your parents. You uh, don't get good grades or didn't clean your room. <laughs> but I knew at that point that this was the height of it. Yeah. I have officially <laughs> broken this woman. <laughs> um, the, her, the way she cried, I have never heard that before. Even when her dad passed away and she you know, cried a little, it, it was not the same. I knew officially, I have officially broken this woman and there is no point of return. <laughs> um, so I told her I was pregnant and uh, but Abelaja at the time came out of her his room just because he heard what happened. 
And is that he, your brother? Yes. So, mm-hmm. and if you know him, he doesn't show a lot of emotions. Yeah. Um, he didn't say anything. He was just like, okay, we're going to deal with it. And uh, he was like, okay, let me get in the shower and shower. And at least let's get you to like some kind of clinic and get you checked out and make sure you're okay. And all of that. And um, I also heard him crying in the shower. Oh. Um, This is the one person, actually, that maybe if I had had enough courage to go speak with him, he would have probably, you know, gotten, taken me in the right path. Or even if he doesn't know, I know that he would have at least... With no judgment, he would have at least, you know, tried to help out or um, be like, okay, we need to go to this plant parenthood. You need to get on this. You need to make sure to do it. But even if you're, I mean, he'll probably be like, I advise you not to do this, but if you're absolutely going to do it, this is what you need to do. Right, right. Um, But yeah, so, um, and then my dad, we called him on the phone and told him, and he was in Africa at this time, he, right? Yeah, he was in Africa at the time. He hadn't retired yet. And of course, um, I mean, if you know me, I'm a daddy's little girl. When he's around, I'm on him, like white on rice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when we told him as well, he, uh, oh man, he cried. He just, he was just sobbing on the phone. He couldn't say anything. Um, I know a lot of people will think, oh, it's just pregnancy. She's just pregnant. Um, it's not the end of the world. She didn't kill anyone. But in the, in the um, African household or um, other cultures, really, that type of thing, it's almost a, um, it's like a disgrace to the family. It's like, I don't know if there's anything that's higher than that. <laughs> that it's like a major disappointment um so we told um anyways we uh got to that point and everyone's aware i'm pregnant uh we called um but i lay at the time and um andrea and they were you guys were in austin at the time and of of course we told you guys and everyone was on the same plate um again but i I don't remember that what was our reaction? It was shocked. You guys were shocked. I, I think, but I lay as well. I, if I remember correct, at this point, I was just in a fog. Like, uh, it's over. Everybody's just done with me at this point. Yeah. Um, I think, but I lay definitely, I know he cried. Yeah. Um, he was disappointed. He felt like he didn't do what he was supposed to do as an older brother, uh, making sure... I was well taken care of, or at least making sure that I uh, knew what resources to look for or what questions to ask, or that he he felt like he, him and Brother Elijah pretty much, they felt like they failed me in a way, even though I felt like I failed them. <laughs> so they felt like they failed me as older siblings, um, that they weren't really there for me, for me to get to that point where I felt like I need to be looking for affection somewhere else or um, 
that they they didn't leave an, a, an open door enough for me to be able to be comfortable and have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was quite a, a it, it was just like, wow, Tutu's pregnant. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, who, Tutu who? Like, surely it's not the little girl. Who are you talking about? I remember that part. Yeah. I don't remember anything, but being shocked about, um, it's just like we, no one thought put you in that context. And, um, and that's a good lesson too, for us now looking back to be able to catch our daughters. Right. Not just say, oh, well, she's not, she's not sassy. She's not dating. Right. So no and, need to yeah. give more information. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that was the number one mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not open to what, when you see a child as promiscuous or is like getting into things or um, sneaking out of the house. That's not the point where a conversation needs to be for you to have a conversation, have that open door for them to be able to come speak with you. It needs to start from the get-go. Like, hey, this can happen. It can be a one-time thing yeah. and it can happen. Yeah. It's not like a multiple sessions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, can right. it can be a one oops and bam. And it can happen. And it can happen. And with you, it was a one-time oops, right? It was pretty much a one-time oops. Um, and you yeah. got prevention that broke. And then you had the and, pill and, and the pill didn't work. So I'm just oh my like, gosh. it was like a universe was just saying, girl, you shouldn't have done that. We're going to show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so you know, yeah. as you talk to two, I am reminded of uh, Brene Brown, the author of a uh, Daring greatly. Mm-hmm. You know, she talks about shame, she talks about guilt, mm-hmm. and she talks about courage and being vulnerable, vulnerability. So right now we're in the stage of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. So you told your mom, your dad, your brothers, you know, your family. And at this time, not only you were feeling ashamed or guilty, it was like a whole family had carried that right. burden. Right. So, so, so tell us about the, first of all, what happened next? What decisions were made? You know, were, were everyone on the same page? Yeah. You know, like, okay, we're going to work together. Or was there like now, you know, um, some decisions of, hey, maybe you go this, you do this mm-hmm. way and this happens or, you know. So right. let's talk about the shame and the guilt as, mm-hmm. as a family. And then we talk about courage and vulnerability. Right. Um, so after that, we've um, everyone's well aware. And then my mom called a couple of my aunties and told them um, what happened. Uh, it's uh, it was quite interesting. Or it's like you expect. Yes, I screwed up. I get it majorly. Um, but then when you hear people. There, your family tell you, well, there's no other option. You definitely need to have an abortion because I specifically have had um, an aunt that told me, well, that child's a bastard, so you can't bring a bastard into this world. Um, you need to go get this taken care of, wash it out. It was the words that she used, wash it out. Like it was just some dirty laundry that you need to wash. Um, and now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, it was just to the point, what name are you going to give this child? 
it's just the way I was treated. It was almost like I was some kind of dirt <laughs> that you see on the side of the road. And um, but my mom just told me, "Hey, whatever decision you're going to make, I'm going to be here for you. If you decide that you want to have an abortion, just know you can't come back from it. If you decide you want to have the child, you can't come back from it." So whichever way you're going, I'll be there with you and we'll make the decision together. Um, so when I, um, Rabalaji and Jennifer at the time, my brother's girlfriend at the time, who they're not married, they took me to one of the free clinics, did a proper pregnancy test. Um, they did a, a ultrasound and whatnot just to check and make sure the baby, I guess, is in the right place or growing the way it's supposed to grow and everything was in the right place. And, um, and she also told me the same thing. You need to decide this for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to have a child, but you also need to understand that it's a huge responsibility bringing a child into the world. Your life's going to change. At this point, you're probably going to have to put everything about yourself on pause and, um, you know, focus on having this child. So, um, man, it's just, I feel like I'm rambling. (laughs) It was just, uh, and then finally deciding, I remember having the conversation with my mom, like, mom, I don't think I can go through having an abortion. Um, I, I don't think, I, I am told, I'm like, with everything that you, in, in as much as I went left <laughs> with some of the things that you've tried to teach in your own way, as much as what you know, what you're equipped with, I don't think out of the goodness part that I have in my heart that I can have, a, I, I can have an abortion. And she said, okay, that's fine. I guess we're going to have a baby. Um, we reached out to, of course, told my older siblings um, that I was going to have a baby. My dad, my dad was like, okay, that's fine. Um, my aunties were still not on board, <laughs> which is fine. It's fine now, I guess. Um, we have some family members that were still not on board. Even until after I delivered, I had the same aunt call me to say, hey, I guess congratulations are in order. Um, Now you've had a bastard child. She said it again. (laughs) And she's like, what last name are you going to give this child? And I'm thinking to myself, like, is that the most important thing to you right now? I just delivered and this is the first day. It hadn't even been an hour home from the hospital. And this is where you're calling me to tell me. But hey. The baby's here. He's healthy. I'm healthy. What else are we going to do? Um, we just moved on with life. It, it was definitely tough. Um, it's, it's interesting going through pregnancy then and now. From what I know now, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't believe you went through that. <laughs> uh, but, hey, went through it, 13, uh, what's going to say, 13 to 16 years later. My God, here we are update to the story is Tutu had the baby and right now he's a awesome handsome 16 year old boy uh, that has a job going to school doing well has younger siblings and 
I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> Married to possibly one of the nice, kindest, and most hardworking guy yeah. I know. So coming full circle, this is what makes telling this story beautiful. Because the only thing I remember that makes me uncomfortable when I remember it was your baby shower. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember. And it was all the older women and the family and maybe, I don't even remember your friends. I just remember all the ladies in the family. Yeah. And it was kind of like, uh, spit on. Like, yeah. now that you have done this, now right. this is what you, you know how you give advice that, oh, yeah. maybe you wake up, the baby will take all your time. The baby will poop three times a day or whatever, um, yeah. in the night or whatever. It was more like, now that you brought this much, that's what, this is how I remember it. Tell me if you agree. Now that you've done this evil thing, and now we're going to give you this di- box of diapers. I guess you have to now focus on your future and try not yeah. to die. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, That day was, I I didn't expect a baby shower to even begin with. And then to have everyone there, it made it so real Mm. to have even some of my um, cousins at the time that have said some not so nice things to me or um, one of my aunts. I think a couple of them were there. Um, the only person out of the extended family was Auntie Moji. She's, I think she's the only one that did not in any way at that point say anything negative. She called me on her own, advised me and spoke with me. And that was about it. Encouraged me. Um, and she was like, you know, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Um, but just by everyone else that was there, like, well, you have a child now. do you you understand do you understand or do you is there a space in your heart that resents them for that or do you understand their expectation of you and the Mm -hmm. frustration of the situation right I, i i do understand the frustration um i do i get it um and i understand them being disappointed um but at the same time, I understand, and I feel like that was one of the, the biggest mistakes that we tend to make. Even if a child disappoints you, and yes, you advise them, you can scold them at that very moment. Um, but don't let the scolding keep dragging on to the point where that door shuts and the child does not is not comfortable to come to speak with you because it's going to be, okay, if I need advice on something and I come to this person, I know all they're going to do is beat me down about it. So what's the point of going to talk to them? Mm. Um, I get it. And I, don't get me wrong. If God forbid, I, cause I will beat them if they do that. <laughs> if any of my nieces, if something like that was to happen, I will based out of my experience, I for sure would not. I'll be like, girl, you screwed up, but Okay. Let's try and fix this. Let's, you know, your life's not over, number one. Your dreams are not over. You can still be you. You can still be great at what you're, you want to do. But at the same time, it's going to be 10 times tougher for you. 
You have to understand that. And you have to, and I will definitely make sure I leave like an open door for them. Even if, or some, even if they're not comfortable to come talk to me, I will make sure that they know if, even if you can't talk to me, you can call the so-so-and-so person. I have friends now that I know if any of my kids are in trouble, they can easily pick up the phone and be like, hey, auntie, um, something happened. I screwed up. I can't tell my parents yet, but can you help me out? And I know they will be there for them 100%. Kids need to have that kind of resources. They need to have that, that person that they can go to and talk with and um, try to figure things out rather than just them thinking, if I go to this person, they're going to beat me down about it. If I go to this person, they're going to be there and be like, you should not be doing that anyways. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, I'm just getting chills. This is such <laughs> a beautiful story. Talk about courage. Yeah. You know, talk about courage. You standing up to your aunties and just saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and have this baby. And yeah. You know, you're a village. It takes a village like your mom and people right. that were there for you to say, we will go, we will have this baby. Right. You know, it's not like she's having this baby. Your mom right. said, let's have this baby. Right. And fast forward to him being 16 and you looking and you're like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful son that you've raised you know, and then what just a beautiful story that you have to tell. This is just so amazing. And the courage that you, you get to share, you know. So then um, what advice would you give? Um, you, um, what advice would you give like teen girls going through this? You know, because now it's just like they don't have anyone to talk to. And you said they have to have someone, you know, find someone to talk to you, but they want to have sex. They, this peer pressure all going all around. What advice would you give? Because they, they have friends having sex and, you know, just drugs and smoking vapor, all these things going on right now. What advice now that you've come from a place of, you're coming from a place of maturity you're coming from a place of courage and you're being so vulnerable telling your story. What advice would you give teen girls right now? Um, for sure. The advice I will give one seek out resources around you. There are a lot of things out there that you can look into as far as um, IE, I'm going to say Planned Parenthood at the time, because I was the number one popular place or, um, that majority of the teens my age went to at that point that I later found out about <laughs> um, after the whole pregnancy thing already happened. Look for places that you can get resources from, that you can get education, get educated from. Um, at the same time, and I understand peer pressure, my goodness, peer pressure in high school it's out of this world. It's, it's amazing how kids are pressured into doing things. Um, I remember my first day of high school here, very first day in high school, this kid's asking me, do I want to go smoke during lunch? I mean, and I had no friends, so I could easily be like, oh yeah, I have no friends. So want to be my friend, all I have to do is just puff, puff and pass. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I get it. Um, but at the same time, a teenage as a teenager, in as much as your brain is not processing those things very well, you have to be able to 
kind of like list your pros and your cons. Mm -hmm. Don't forget what your parents have been talking to you about, um, the way they've raised you, um, the examples that they're setting daily. Don't forget that out of just wanting to be, to make friends or be popular or be in this particular circle of friends or whatnot, because at the end of the day, those are not the important things. Yes, it's important for you to have friends, but at the same time, it's important that you have friends that it's going to help you grow. The, the type of friends that you have now will either make or break you. Um, so it, you have to be careful what circle you're in. Th- those popular groups now, and you, I ran into a few popular kids from high school, and I'm like, girl, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you doing? So that's not, you might think, oh, my gosh, I need to be that popular girl. I need to dress this certain way. I need to make sure I drive a car, have a cell phone, whatever it is that's important to teenagers right now. It's not important. Five, 10 years from now, I don't want to say you're going to regret it, but if that's what you're basing your life on right now, you're going to regret it. It's guaranteed. Um, So they can't forget the teachings. If I'm talking to my nieces and my nephew, you cannot forget the examples around you. Mm-hmm. You have to play it in your head. Is mom and dad going to be happy with this? If the answer is no, for sure, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, forget your mom and dad, my aunties, my, uh, my uncles, um, my cousins. Will they be happy if I do this? If the answer is no, more than likely, don't do it. Right, right. Uh, and at the same time, if you're still going towards, I'm going to do it, still find out, figure out the resources around you to better protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the truth is there are close to 200,000 babies in the U.S. that are born to women 15 to 19 years old. Right. And those and, are the ones that are born, mm-hmm. the ones that, that has the choice not to have the baby and not in that statistics. Right. No, so it is, it's a valid, valid conversation to have. And it's empowering. And it's uncomfortable. No matter how open-minded you are, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. To have a yeah. talk oh, like that my, with my daughter. <laughs> conversation with the Christopher and, I'm, and I looked at Timmy. I was like, no, not today. Pass the son to you. Call me <laughs> But while we're rounding up, what would you do differently? Um, man, I had this conversation with Christopher the other day. What I would definitely do differently um, with the knowledge that I have now is definitely keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I would have kept myself busier than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have definitely sought out more. For example, I wanted to do dra- drama class, but I couldn't get into it because at the time, you know, mom, mom was working. So yeah. she was tired. I should have just gone for it. If I had to walk home yeah. because I didn't, I didn't have a car at the time. Yeah. Much later on, I ended up having a car. I could easily walk home four or five, four miles won't kill me. I might be tired, but I should have kept myself busier. Schoolwork, 
extracurriculum activities, um, or just even, I love doing hair. Now I look at some things and I'm like, girl, you should have done that. You could have been doing something big with that. Why didn't you go after it? Um, I wish I had that more confidence also. I wish I had the confidence to believe in myself that I could do it. Mm. I didn't have that confidence that I needed. At that moment, being a teenage girl in this scary, crazy world, um, to be, for me to be like, whatever I want to do and I put my mind to it, I can actually accomplish it. I, I had zero confidence thinking about it now. Um, I, I wish I better use the resources around myself. Um, it just, it, it, now I'm thinking about it and I'm just like, oh, goodness, how could I have let myself just not see what's around me and just my thinking was friends. I want to hang out with friends. Everyone has a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. No, you're going to have many, many boyfriends on the road. Right. It's just, yeah. So for sure, the, the number one thing is at that age, stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Schoolwork, uh, some other things outside of school. Stay yeah. busy. This is some great, great advice that not, not only you're leaving, you know, young kids, teenagers, but you're leaving us with, you know, just stay busy, keep busy because an idle mind is a devil's workshop. Right. You know, the, the place that you're idle, this is when the enemy will come and start feeding you and feeding mm-hmm. and feeding with all these little things. Right. And if, if we keep busy, you know, that would just make ourselves just, you know, aim for something higher Absolutely. and just have confidence, you know. Yeah. But then your, your story as Andrea started earlier on turned out so beautiful. You're now a nurse. Yes. You know, so it's just a beautiful story. It's not just nothing that you're living with in regret you have three amazing kids and you're married to an amazing husband. Yes. So we just thank you. I mean, I don't know if Andrea has any last um, points to say right now, but personally, I just want to thank you for just being so vulnerable and just sharing your story. Not everyone will have the confidence right now to just speak, you know? So what she said not only has helped um, you retelling your story, but it's going to help someone else yeah. listening to this podcast in the future. Yeah. Right. So just thank you for just being that light and just sharing that story with us. And yeah. the time, thank you for having me. I appreciate and, and it. I, I want, I now also want to um, just emphasize one thing that just in case someone is in the middle of the darkest point, the moment where you find out the news, whatever the news mm-hmm. is, the possible, the worst possible thing that could happen, just to take one step at a time, that it's right. going to be all right. right. There's nothing new under the sun. This no. too shall pass. Yeah. And with that, I, I applaud you for taking one step at a time, for taking your community of support, your family let me put it on records that your parents taught me a lesson that um, I think it's very um, priceless to not to walk with you every step of the way. Right. 
to help you with your son, our son, so you can have a better future. Yeah. So community is important. Taking it one day at a time is important. And gosh, this is a big deal. We look back now, it's a, it's not a big <laughs> deal because you've overcome it. Right. But this is a lesson in everything. And I just don't want to, and I see you and I, I, kudos to you, but I wanted you to, I want to say out loud that it's a big deal. And I see that. I don't know what I would have done if I was in your shoes. Right. I have no idea. I was born and raised Catholic, so I'm sure that abortion is not in, in my dictionary. But, but I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have been brave enough, confident enough, and not go down the rabbit hole of hearing all the noise and believing it. Mm-hmm. But kudos to you for believing now um, in what today could be. I don't know if you see today when you were there, mm, but sure I did not. <laughs> hard for this moment where you yeah. will be happy, comfortable, confident, and being a very productive part of the society. Right. And I applaud you. Thank you for sharing with Thank us you. and blessing us with hope and beauty. Yes, always. Love Thank you. you for having me. Love Thank you. you. All right, thank you, beautiful family. Thank you, Titi. I will. Thank you. I'll see you on Instagram with this COVID going on. I know, right? Even ask your sister, I'll see you on Instagram. Yeah, keep keep posting and keep sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. All right, bye.